Are you a sleep-deprived parent? Are you up at all hours of the night with your baby or young child trying to soothe them back to sleep? Did you know that sleep is just as important as good nutrition? Research shows that babies who learn how to sleep through the night in the first year of life become older school-age children who have better frustration tolerance, better social skills, and less anxiety. It's important to teach your baby to sleep through the night. Welcome back to Nurse Talk. I'm Casey Hobbs, along with Patty Lockard, who's sitting in for Shane Mason. And I'm one of the thousands of nurses on duty today. Well, and exciting, sitting here with us in the studio is RN and author of Secrets of a Baby Nurse, Marsha Pod. Marsha, welcome. As always, we love having you here. Oh, I love coming. Thank you for having me. Yes. So, Marsha, let's start out talking about how and why it's so important to teach your baby to sleep. That's number one. I didn't know that you taught your baby to sleep. Believe it or not, it is a skill. And Very it is interesting. set down in the first year of life. Great. So tell us, how do you teach a baby to sleep? Well, it's a letting go process. I compare it very much to riding a bicycle. When you teach your child to get on a bicycle, you hold them at first, you talk to them, you gradually, you know, kind of jog alongside the bike as it moves, and then you start letting go. And they figure out how to balance the bike. They take a few falls, they might cry a little bit, but they get it. And then they're happy, and then they're like, wow, I accomplished this feat. Mm -hmm. And so are the parents, right? And sleep training is is a little bit like that. It's a letting go process that usually starts sometime between month three and six for most parents when they acknowledge that their babies have independent skills, like they can pick things up and put it in their mouth or they can roll over. That's when parents automatically intuitively sense I have to put my baby down a little bit more. I have to let my baby do some things for themselves. And that's when the natural mother nature cue is that. I believe, is the beginning of sleep training, of letting go, putting your baby down awake, and letting them figure out how to self-settle, how to be mm. frustrated, mm. but calm themselves down. That mm. is the golden place where you know parents need to practice. Yeah, I could see that because my inclination, not having been a parent, would be you know if the baby's fussy to pick the baby up. And at first, that's very appropriate. The first three months of life is bonding time, and that's a really important time to be attached and to make sure you build trust. Well, I I would probably just not pick the baby up. I'd probably feed it. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we learned. Yeah, you would feed it, feed it, feed it for everything. (laughs) Yes, and they still do that. Yeah. (laughs) That's also natural, right? But then if you have daddy who's like, you know, feed the baby, feed the baby, and the mother's saying, I just fed the baby. (laughs) Okay? So it's not all about food. You know, we're trying to heal ourselves here in America. We have a problem with food. Yes. And so I believe it starts in infancy. If you start associating emotional pain with food, guess what? You're going to grow into an adult that looks for that food to fix themselves. That's exactly Absolutely. me. And that's, and that's a big skill to start right from the beginning. Exactly. It, it is not to yeah. associate food as a, a form to heal something or right. fix something. Well, right. let's, getting back to the, uh, you know, the, the sleeping, and in, in your book, Secrets of a Baby Nurse, you outline the following. Let, let's take, take a look, and you probably already started on these. Encourage your newborn toward daytime wakefulness. So what that means is really that 
just from the very first weeks after your baby's, you know, getting good feedings and you start to try and find what is day and what is night, it's important after you feed them not to just let them go to sleep and sleep all day. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you'd just be feeding, sleeping, feeding, sleeping all day long. And then guess who's up all night? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the first step is really to start arousing your baby after a feeding with a diaper change and some activity and movement and engage them face to face and have some fun with them. And it doesn't have to be a long time. It can be 15 minutes at first. But once they start getting programmed to wake up in the day and and then they interact with you, a lot happens. They start learning more. They get more stimulation to their brain. And you connect with them because you get more happy time, okay? And then they have to learn, the baby has to learn how to go from an awake to a sleep state without food, okay? Because the best time to put your baby down to sleep is midway through a feeding. So it's really what I call the human cycle. I think all adults do this too. It's like you get up, you have some food, you feel energized from it, so you have a little activity, and you go do your errands or you go to the gym, and then you take a break. And that's what I try and teach parents to get into right from the very beginning. You also talk about learn ways to advance your child's brain development. So speak about that. Believe it or not, a lot of first-time parents just think it's about holding and feeding and sleeping. Yeah, that's what I would have research, I yeah, <laughs> Research shows that when you show them things like black and white patterns... Okay, when you move their bodies, even just up and down, you know, like you're telling them to do jumping jacks or swimming strokes or bicycle kicks with their legs, movement, even if you're doing it for them, advances the brain. Interesting. So we know that from working with children who have handicaps at birth, when we move their bodies, their brain advances and they get smarter. Oh, fascinating. And, and it's, it's funny. I have to share this. Yesterday I was on the phone with a couple and I was talking to them. Their six-month-old was not rolling over either direction, which is oof. late. Usually a baby should start, you know, perfecting that by six months. And so when I hear a baby that doesn't roll either direction, I say, let's start practicing. Get on the floor. Show your baby how to roll. Well, you can start doing that right away from birth. You can show them how to move. So you just put your baby down and then you roll next to it, not over it. No, you just gently move them, (laughs) or you actually move them about rolling. I get you. So you gently show them how to roll. It's a brain thing, right? I get you. And so they were doing this while they were talking to me. Yeah. And during the course of our conversation, I hear Daddy, "Oh, the baby just rolled over." That's so. (laughs) That is so great. And they had me on speakerphone, so that baby was listening, (laughs) hearing, and then got it. And and the excitement around the baby just rolled over. It's good feedback for the baby. And did it a couple times in a row. So, you know, it's like, see how fast the brain can pick up once you show the way? So that's what I get excited about. So physical things. What else? is So is music a good thing for music, baby? Music, singing, touch. We know that just touching your baby and doing the light massage on your baby for 10 or 15 oh. minutes a day advances them and gives them a better chance at survival. Well, so, that's fascinating. The touch thing I often felt because in our culture, we're not a very touch conscious culture. Mm-hmm. And I do think it's one of the needs that we have. So a lot of times I felt like people were coming into the ER or actually becoming sick to get touched, yeah. to actually have somebody caring, uh, touching them. And it's kind of a sad thing that, that we have to well, go it, to that in this culture. It's sad at all ages. You know, I just see parents more and more looking at their 
phones for engagement. Yes, yes. You know, they, they plot their poopy diapers and pee diapers on an app, and they look for stimulation for their children via videos on an app or a video. And so yeah. there's a lot more technology in children's faces now and mm-hmm. not so much adult face-to-face or movement time. If you haven't had good role modeling to that, you don't have sisters showing you or other friends, you know, you're just kind of ignorant and you don't know what to do with your baby. I see that a lot. Well, that's Interesting. what I'm thinking that's because most people that we go don't. To apps. Where do people, first-time parents, or it, is some of this in Intuitive, or is this? Well, I always say join a mom's group. Okay? Yeah, yes, so definitely. I just started a mom's group in San Anselmo here in Marin County, and you know it's a great place for especially first-time moms to come together with somebody like me who can engage and lead and advise and give them tips like this. Because where really are you going to get it? It should be <laughs> mandatory, and that bonding is really right. good between moms because a yeah. lot of this is not intuitive. Now, once you right. say it, once you talk about touching your baby and massaging, then it, I think it does become intuitive. You right. almost have to guide the moms to their own knowledge source right. of yeah. Because once they start it, then they I would think get it very easily. Well, you know, it's funny, but when they're in the hospital and there's a lot going on and it's just them and their baby, they do a lot of touching, looking, examining, Yes, you know, and then they come home and all of a sudden their they world so is many back. Things. Yeah, they exactly. have the TV, the yeah. technology, right. Right. you know, the phone ringing, and now they're distracted and they don't do as much of that. So They forget that they're not, that they have right. to really pay attention to that. Marsha, we were talking about brain development and what's good for babies learning. There are studies that are showing that REM sleep is very important to learning. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, REM sleep is the light state of sleep. And for babies, it's about half of their sleep cycle. So a sleep cycle is about 60 minutes long in a baby, 90 minutes in adults. And that first phase of sleep, or a few phases actually, is entering sleep and deep sleep. And long about the 30-minute mark, there's an arousal. And babies often, especially the sensitive ones, can act like it's time to get up and wake up. And Mm -hmm. then they skip REM. REM is what I call computer downloading time. Mm. So all the information your baby's learning, be it physical or verbal or even visual, all of that's going into their brain during this REM or active state of sleep. And so it's a very, very important time. And if they skip that, they don't leap ahead quite as fast. It takes longer for them to get to those developmental places. I think so you need parent- to be telling parents everywhere. I'm, well, I'm and a it's, worried And it's not only people. parents, because these skill sets that you're talking about are great for adults who missed it Absolutely. even to, well, I know. to, to grasp yeah. on. So if parents of babies need your help actually creating an individualized sleep plan, how do you determine the plan? Well, there's a lot of little puzzle pieces that go into place, and that's a common question I get asked. It's like, you know, how do you know what to advise? Yeah. Well, it's looking at who is the baby. You know, what's their personality and temperament? Are they sensitive? Are they, you know, highly tuned into their environment? Are they social? Or, you know, are they super attached and clingy? Um, Also just looking at, you know, the ease of their personality. I kind of put them on a spectrum, the super sensitive on one end and the kind of football brute type on the other. That's a baby who you can just kind of push over from a sitting position and they'll just kind of laugh at you and say, hey, that was cool. Yeah. But if you push over a sensitive baby, they'll They're like, cry. Ah, yeah. freak out. Freak okay? out. Yeah. So that's temperament and personality. And the more easygoing your baby is, the more tolerant, the easier they are to work with to get them to sleep. 
because they just catch on really easily. They don't mind being by themselves. They figure things out. But the sensitive one, they're a little fearful. They want mommy and daddy Mm -hmm. to kind of be there for them, and you have to move a little more slowly. So that's part of it. A lot of it is around their feeding styles, whether they're bottle feeding, breastfeeding, if they have reflux and other health issues that might prevent them from really doing some good feedings and going a space of time. So we know that if a baby can go like three hours from feeding to feeding, their chance of doing longer sleep stretches that night is going to be greater. So if they're snackers and they just eat little bits all day, they're going to want to eat little bits at night because they never really (laughs) fill up and they can't go longer periods of time. Fascinating. What's fascinating to me is how different the babies are. You you are born with this right. personality and these personality yeah. traits that are innate to right. you. And that's the thing that's fascinating to me is all the variations on the theme at a at baby level. Well, animals are like that, too. I guess so. All of us are yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah we, you know, you don't think about that. Yeah, you but don't. But it's, it's really true. So, so true. You know, we are born with our set of genetic makeup. So that's who we are. Well, everybody needs a copy of your book. We'll tell them about how to get that. But really, I mean, that's just such great information and so simple in some ways. Well, it's it's written basically with a lot of pictures so that people can pick it up and put it down a lot and just read about their age of baby and just kind of grasp that information and go back to it later. But I am very happy to say that the best comment I ever got was from a daddy who said my wife had a stack of books next to the bed of sleep for babies. And he said, your book was the only one I read cover to cover. And I said, well, why did you read it cover to cover, not the other ones? And he said, because I really found it engaging and interesting. Yeah. Excellent. And that's important. That's what you oh, need. That's critical. what you need. you got to hook them in. And that's why I put a lot of photos in there. No, that's great. Really smart. Works for me. Now, since people from all over the country listen to our show, if somebody wanted a consultation, um, do you do phone consultation, Skype consultation? I do. And people from all over the world have contacted me. So, you know, you can often look in your own area and either through the hospital or pediatrician. They sometimes have resources for mom's groups. That's great. And cities often have mom's groups. But yeah, there are baby whispers like me. And, you know, I do feel like sometimes getting off on the right foot and having the right information and creating a plan and having a support to get going and accountability and email contact, that all is really, really helpful. I would think so. I think it would be so nice to have somebody just to talk to who you feel knows. Because that sense of panic when you first take a baby home, I imagine, is is pretty frightening. And it would be nice to have somebody who's been there, done that, and can help you through it. Absolutely. And so people get a hold of you by? Well, they can email me, which is... MarshaPod at Gmail, M-A-R-S-H-A-P-O-D-D at Gmail, or through my website, go to sleepbaby.com. Marsha, it's always a pleasure to have you with us. So enjoy your time here. Thank you. Thank you for having me.